Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is JJ Hernandez, and joining us on the show today is a very special guest. It is the one and only Scott with Saco Sport and Fitness. Scott, what is going on today? Happy Wednesday. How are you feeling? I'm doing all right, JJ. Thank you so much for happening and uh, having me. And I got to tell you, up in Maine, it's getting cold already. So uh, those <laughs> folks in the Southern Hemisphere were jealous. Yeah. Oh, man. Look, well, I appreciate you being here. I appreciate you being here. I hope it's not too cool, but uh, let's kind of dive right into it, Scott. You know, I, I definitely want to dive into the nitty gritty of what you have going on here with Saco Sport. But first, let's take a step back. I, I want you to go ahead and give the viewers a little perspective here. And if you can, in your own words, Scott, how would you describe Saco Sport and fitness and what you guys do? Oh, God, great question. So, um, in the world of fitness, I think you would put us in the mid-market category. We're a 25,000 square foot, 3,000 member health club with a price point in the 60 to $70 range. Um, we think of ourselves as a multi-generational outcomes-based health club. By the way, we're a hell of a gym, but we also want to help that population who isn't fit yet become fit. And we have an extensive menu of programs to help guide our members through that healthy habit adoption process. So they can go from that unfit, unhealthy, I want to be fit to very fit and healthy in a sustainable way. Awesome, Scott. I appreciate the, the explanation there. Definitely serves viewers well. And now that we kind of know what we're jumping into here, Let's start with the bare bones basics, Scott. I know me and you spoke about this off air, but let's give the viewers some perspective, some perspective as well here. So uh, how many members are you serving currently, Scott? Currently, we, we just cracked 2,900. Um, Pre-pandemic, we were at 3,300. So we're about 85% back to where we were before the pandemic hit. Um, and that is a wide range of folks of all ages and sizes. We go from silver sneakers to a very strong youth population um, and everywhere in the middle. Nice, nice. I love the broad audience here, the versatility. And so, you know, for you guys, Scott, I think it's unique for everyone, but especially for for a traditional gym, right? And not being, you know, the super corporate like Planet Fitness and, and anything like that. What's been the best method for you guys to get new people through the door? Ah, oh, fantastic question. So, you know, I think there's different kinds of consumers that the fitness industry is trying to appeal, and they now have a much wider array of options. Um, instead of being that typical gym like a Planet Fitness that chooses to use access to equipment as their predominant product, we've chosen to use healthy habit adoption as our primary product. So we do a lot of uh, support-based programs. We use health coaches instead of salespeople to guide people into the club, a significant personal training staff. We have uh, coaches that do small group training sessions. Uh, we're the largest provider of group exercise, and we know for that population who doesn't love exercise or hasn't embraced it historically, that if we can get them in with a group of people to form a community that provides them content in a fun environment that is on their schedule, that they don't have to worry about what do I do on that piece of equipment or how long do I stay on the treadmill or what days of the week and what times do I come in. Um, so we are about finding ways to get new people who want to become fit and healthy come into the club in a very non-committing way. So, for example, we do not require annual contracts. We have a very low enrollment fee. 
We don't have commissioned salespeople. So the process of joining the club is a comfortable one. And so we have done everything we can do to break down that barrier of entry. And another little thing we do is we believe not everyone's gonna succeed here. And we serve a small community. Um, and so we believe that that day that member X comes to us and says, you know, it's just not working out for me. I think I need to quit. I'm not getting my results or I haven't been able to find time. And we've all heard all the time-based excuses that we say, no problem. Let's take care of that cancellation as quick as we can. Now we have a follow-up system beyond that, but the cancellation process to me is the beginning of the sales process for the next time they come around. And so we only require five days notice to cancel. We, we accept email requests to cancel. We don't make people jump through hoops and come through the door because we believe that extra 50 or 60 bucks if we're gonna get people on the way out might only piss them off. And we really want them thinking of us as a good resource in the community. So one or two or three years down the road, when they're back ready to start again, they think of us in a good light and have said good things about us in the last two or three years. Um, and evidence that that works is about 40% of the new members who join our club today have been members in the past. Wow. That's awesome. That is, that, that is honestly probably the first time I've heard anyone in a traditional gym setting offer anything like that. So that is amazing, Scott. I love that. And, um, you know, kind of continuing here, uh, I know you're at, at a high number here of 2,900 members here, right? And so, you know, if let's say leads, traffic, clients, all these things were unlimited here. I mean, hypothetically speaking, of course, I mean, how much higher can you go? Um, we probably have capacity to get to 3,500. I think at that point, we'd have to start looking at the size of our parking lot and the capacity of our group exercise <laughs> programs and the amount of equipment we have. Um, but in this community with the volume of competition we have, which is extensive, we've, by the way, had two brand new clubs open up in the past three years within wow. miles of us. Um, and we're still growing. Um, so it speaks to how well we've become a part of this community. Um, but I believe there's room for 15 to 20% more growth. Yeah, that's great. That is great. And and so now this is probably the 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 biggest question that I think we've gotten asked on on uh from our, our viewers. And we I love to throw it in here. And especially for the volume that you guys see on a day-to-day -day and obviously a monthly basis and just overall. Um how do you guys track? Obviously, I don't think you're the one tracking everything here, but how are you guys able to go ahead and track, you know, that much members? So you can't is the simple answer. You don't track 3000 members who are only paying 60 or $70 a month. Uh, the metrics just aren't there. So you have to decide how and when you're going to track members. Now, first of all, we do track usage. We know who's in the club. We know who's not. Um, we do track member engagement through surveys through a platform called Medallia or member experience management. So we know how our consumers are engaged and what percentage are using and who's not. So on a macro scale, we do. But on a micro scale, we've chosen to take the first 90 days of a member's experience with us and make that high touch. So, for example, every new member has the opportunity to meet with a health coach. And I mentioned their salary before. And that health coach's job is to make sure that meeting ends with a plan. And that plan is one of our menu options. And some of those menu options have additional fees. We think of them as profit centers or healthy habit adoption programs. Um, and those, those might be personal training. They might be small group training. Uh, we also employ three registered dietitians. We have gone through the very painful process of becoming a preferred provider and an accepted insurance payee from all the major health insurance companies in our area. So when someone comes to our club and wants nutritional counseling, in about eight out of 10 cases, 
their health insurance will pay for that, both on a group and an individual basis. So one of the challenges I believe our industry has is movement and exercise are a fantastic intervention to help the body change in a good way. It helps you move better, it helps you be healthier, gives you more energy, gives you more cognition, um, and it might even give you longevity. I think there's lots of studies, right? The challenge is for those folks, folks who are moving into that process, it takes a long time to see and feel those changes. Yeah. And many can't last that long. They don't have the resilience or perseverance. But if we can add proper nutrition, which is at least 50% of the equation, some people say 80, some people say 20, let's call it the middle of the road. It's half of the equation. If we can get them eating properly right off the bat, we get to accelerate their results. And when the dietitian works with the trainer or the group exercise instructor or the health coach who's guiding this first 90 days, then we can easily see how to tweak a program and help a member succeed if they fall off track. So the simple answer to your question is a health coach creates a program, guides our members into that program, tracks their usage for 90 days. If they fall off of the wagon, they stop coming, we reach out and intervene, have a follow-up meeting and try and change gears or change direction. But I'll share that the most important thing that we've found to help new members succeed is providing them content so they no longer have to think about what they're doing. The, the, the days of teaching people how to use a circuit of strength equipment and three times a week on a treadmill at X, per, X miles per hour or heart rate um, really is challenging for that population who's not exercising. They need support in some size, shape or form. But we also know that not everybody's gonna pay more for that kind of support, right? Small group training is gonna cost 20-ish dollars per session. Personal training is gonna cost 60 to 80 per session. Not everybody has that in their wallet or not everybody comes to the club thinking that something other than membership is the solution because our industry has said that joining a club and a membership is the solution to becoming healthy. We don't believe that. We believe people need healthy habit adoption support yeah. to become healthy and membership's a maintenance program. Yeah, I, you hit it right on the head. I think in, in the broad spectrum, it's so true, right? You, you, you're number one, trying to put yourself in, in the shoes where it's okay. I join this membership, I join this gym and I get a membership and I'm, I'm going to start these healthy habits, but there's nothing instilled in you. And it's going to come from that external accountability that becomes internal. I'm sorry, external motivation that becomes internal accountability. Right. And so it's, it's, I think that's the only way to get there. And it, it's true. And, it's, and, it, and it, I, I couldn't have said it any better, Scott. I, I, I really appreciate the explanation there. You're giving the viewers a lot of value here and I appreciate that. And so uh, I've got two more questions for you, Scott, my two favorite questions. What's the bigger picture for you and the facility? I mean, let's say long term. Obviously, you guys have been open for a while here, but let's say, you know, let's say the next 10 years or so, what are you guys trying to accomplish? Uh, great question. So a couple things. Um, I believe building these engagement platforms or funnels, if you think of them, how can we work with our local hospital system? How can we work with our local school system to help children adopt these healthy habits early? How can we help the corporations of this area keep their employees healthy? I mean, you own a company, your fastest growing expense is health insurance, right? And your biggest challenge is become workman's comp and PTO time, all these things that typically um, stem from unhealthy employees. And so I think there's a phenomenal opportunity. And, and I want to share some numbers with your viewers. Sure. Our industry only serves 20% of the American population. So out of the 330 or 50 million people that live here, we're only serving 60 million people. Okay, for, so that in itself is a bit pitiful. 
But the second issue is we lose on average 30% of our members each year as an industry. By the way, that's from the clubs that report their data. And if you understand that system, you know that only the good <laughs> clubs are reporting their data. Yeah. Right? The clubs that aren't yeah. doing great are not even that good. But let's let's call it 30%, right? So we're losing 20 million people a year out of the 60 million people we're serving as an industry. Yeah. Now, we grant that 10 to 15% of those folks are going to go from club A to club B. They're moving from Albuquerque to Cincinnati, right? They're relocating. But 85-ish percent of these people, we simply didn't serve. We didn't give them what they came for. So they left. Okay, back that 17-ish million people up 10 years. And what do you come up with? I did the math, I geeked out one day and I actually did the math. You wow. did this over a decade. We as an industry have served 150 million people have joined our clubs wanting something and they quit because we didn't give it to them, okay? Which means there's a half of the American population that tried us and we failed them is the way I look at it. Yeah. So the only way we can re-engage that population, you know, Einstein said, you can't fix a problem with the same thinking you use that created the problem. Well, we as a fitness industry created a problem. We excel at serving fit people. We're not that great at helping people adopt these healthy habits and we need to get better at it. And the only way to do that is to study human behavior, to study behavioral change, to create programming that guides that and then reach out to those groups of people wherever they are in a way that we can leverage and get larger groups of people. Okay. So from my perspective, how can we serve more and more people who want to be healthier in the club? And thank God for the pandemic for one reason, we got good at virtual. So now we're streaming classes, we're streaming training, we're streaming dietitian services and healthy wellness classes for corporations. We are no longer limited by the four walls and the drive time geogra geography of our area. We can now serve people in a much larger area. So I do not have ambitions to have 20 clubs. That was never my goal. I always wanted to serve a community and help it become the healthiest and use this club as our test kitchen. Um, I do share that I work as a consultant and I, the things that work here, I will take to other clubs around the country, teach them how to program it, teach them how to sell it to help them expand because my real mission is helping our industry serve more people on a greater platform. Um, that 150 million people, I think is a, is a phenomenal resource for us to look forward to. Scott, that was a mic drop of an answer, but I got one more question for you. <laughs> it would have been a good place to wrap it up, but I got one more. And I'm curious to see your response here because uh, with someone like yourself to have this much skin in the game and, and be in the business as long as you have, you're obviously doing something right. So I want to I hear what you have to say on this. So, you know, Scott, if you could go back in time to when you first started the gym, sit yourself down with the knowledge you have now and give yourself that one piece of advice you think you really needed to hear when you first started, what would that advice be for yourself? Um, I'm going to humor the question and answer it, but I actually reject the question because there's no way in the world I could have ever known what I know. <laughs> now. Of, of, course, but, of course. But for the spirit of sharing with people who are maybe 20 years earlier than me or 30 years earlier in their career, and they want to hear some of the thoughts. Um, the single biggest lesson is never, ever, ever be satisfied with what you're doing or believe that you know enough to be the best or successful at what you're doing. We, for example, have a standard of national excellence. Our standard at this club is not to be good for our town or even good for our state, but it is to be excellent on a national scale, okay? So that requires ongoing development and development comes in a lot of different ways. Podcasts like this is one great example. 
reading is another, going to conventions and seminars is another. Um, I'm a member of a round table of 12 club operators, some of the best operators in the country, um, that we get together three times a year to talk about best practices, share our failures, share our successes, hold each other accountable, suggest ideas, analyze business plans, and learn from other industries and other great performers in our industry. So I think the single most important thing is growth and growth within who you are and want to be. Don't be some, don't try to be someone else because they're successful. They're there for their reasons and their history. Who are you? Why are you the way you are? Where do you want to go? And accept that you got to learn a hell of a lot more than you know today to get there. And don't be scared to fail on a small scale. All right. You know, don't throw all your eggs in one basket, be diverse. Um, but failure is okay. In fact, failure is great. Failure is like losing in athletics. When you lose, you learn something which you can apply in the next game. And the same thing in business. You're going to lose a couple times. Don't give up on it. It's the second, third, or fourth revision that worked great. And he outdid the last question. A mic drop there as well, Scott. It's a good place to wrap things up on this episode. But before we sign out, Scott, please shout out your Instagram, Facebook, website, anything you may have. Where can people find out more about you and the facility? Yeah, thanks. So uh, we're Saco Sport and Fitness. The website is SacoFitness.com. It's Facebook slash Saco Fitness. So we, we go under the hashtag Saco Fitness. You, you look that up, you'll find us anywhere you want to. Um, and I'll, I'm, I'm happy to say that I'm not in many of those platforms, uh, but my marketing team is. Uh, so, uh, so you'll find us. There we go. There we go. And that's S-A-C-O, folks, just so you know, S-A-C-O. Right, is that correct? I just want to make sure. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I appreciate the time, Scott. Look, um, I, I appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast today. And I, I really do want to say thank you. Uh, if you don't mind sticking around for two more seconds here, Scott, I would just say, say if you can, just because uh, I want to let you know how you can get the podcast. Super important. Just going to sign everybody else out over here. Okay. Awesome. And to everybody else who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit that like and subscribe button. And if you want to come and join us and talk about your fitness business, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. And as always, till next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Brooke. Joining me on the show is Pat from the 3N Sports out in Columbus, Ohio. Welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm great. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to have you here. Thanks for taking, you know, an hour out of your day to be here to give back to the fitness industry a little bit. We very much appreciate it. Before we really dive into the nitty gritty of what you have going on at your fitness business, kind of give us, you know, a quick background. What was it that made you decide <clears throat> to open up this fitness business? Uh, well, I started right out of college with my training business. 2001, <clears throat> just finished playing college basketball and 
trying to figure out what I'm going to do. Um, and I kind of had this vision of, uh, some kind of sports specific training through basketball. And you got to remember at that time, that wasn't really a thing. Um, I knew there was tennis pros. I knew there was golf pros, but there was really nothing like this for, for basketball. So I just kind of threw a business plan together and started working on it. And it almost immediately took off once I kind of got out there and people knew what the service I was providing, but I, at first I just had to just hop around. Right. And I was, if you know, central Ohio or Columbus, I was just trying to hit different sides of towns, different nights where I knew people, where I knew rec centers, coaches. If uh, you want me to come work with you in your driveway, I would do it. Um, but, you know, a year of that, two years of that, you're like, I have to get to a centralized location. I got to get to one spot where people can come to me. Um, was able to find a spot close to where I grew up. That was just like this blank slate. It was a beautiful place, but it had like no youth movement, no, nothing really going on. And more or less, even, even though I was just a year or two in, I kind of had a big following and a big you know, support system behind me that I could go in and say, here's what I want to do. And I want to create my own job. Right. And I pitched it, they took it and it, it was awesome. It just took off. So we pretty quickly changed the culture there and it became super, super busy. But what I found was pretty fast. It, again, it kind of grew too big, too fast. So all of a sudden this thing that I love that was kind of empty, this place that I could work, now was busy all the time and it was great for the gym. It wasn't great for me. Right. Cause they, right, the right. memberships, the memberships boomed, but it was now taken away from what I could do. So, you know, after five or six years of that, it was like, I gotta, I gotta open up my own thing. So, you know, now having again, a huge chunk sample size of what I could do, I knew what I could afford. I knew what I was looking for. And then I was able to open up my own place. So, that initial place I think was around 4,000 square feet. We, in within two years, we were in the 16,000 square feet within two more years, I was ready to acquire 20,000 more. So when the pandemic hit, that kind of put a halt to that, but we're now back at that point where now we're trying to, to acquire more space again. So it's just been one of those things where, you know, we just tried to listen to what the needs were, try mm -hmm. to grow with it and do it the right way. Yeah, absolutely. So just so that our, you know, listener here really understands the business model of 3N Sports, mm -hmm. give us your elevator pitch so that it makes sense, you know, what we're talking about here. Yeah, so right now we're, again, we're 16,000 square feet. We're kind of divided into three sections, right? So we've got our basketball court, we've got turf, and then we've got a weight room. Um so we're, you know, we're sports specific in mind, but we, we have a holistic approach to it. So if I want to help you become a better basketball player, I, also, I have to help you become a better athlete. So that's the strength training part, foot speed, agility, explosion, improving your flexibility. And then to the mental part, right? I'm going to try to help mentally prepare you for whether it's a tryout coming up or, you know, games, practices, whatever. We want to try to help you. And then like anything in fitness, we're trying to help your self-confidence, right? So, um, you know, so if we can attack all those things and help any of these individuals, whoever they are, age, doesn't really matter, but how can we help you achieve your goals? And that's, that's really what we're trying to do. So um, we're going to customize that to our clientele. 
and okay. we've got we've got young kids, we've got adults, we've got everybody. Okay, so with the like with the stuff that you offer, is it mostly like one on one working with the athletes and the adults, or is it kind of in a semi private or group setting? Uh, I'd say the meat of what we do is individual based. Uh, we do have we, we do a lot of small group stuff too. Um, I also, so even last night, we just started what we call our academies, which are, you know, I offer in the fall, I offer them in the spring, and they're like 15-player group. We base them by skill, by age. Um, and, you know, so I have four groups of 15 kids last night that we're working with in that. So that's kind of an open thing that allows us to get in a lot of new faces. And then those kids, you know, if we go through five weeks of that, a lot of those people are wanting to get individual stuff from there, create their own small group. So we do offer that kind of stuff. We also host a handful of teams each year. So I'll have three teams in the winter. We'll have four or five teams in the spring. Uh, but even with all of that, the, the main, main piece of this is, is individual-based, private, um, trying to help you get to where you want to get to. Yeah, kind of level up a little bit. And I think with the one-on-one, it does – it does give us the coach a chance to work really specifically with that client holistically, give them everything that they need to be successful. Um, so I do like that approach. Um, that being your bread and butter, you know, you have a couple of other services that you provide. Um, do you guys have any um, like adult classes that you do or no? We do. Um, and, and the class thing was tough because even through, you know, all the pandemic stuff, the classes were tough. So we, we kind of became more of, instead of me opening up a class, you know, for adults or for kids or whatever, it was more like create your own, right? Oh, wow. Because it, that, people became more comfortable, right? If it was, you know, hey, I'm hanging out with my neighbors, you know, anyway, or these people are my family, well, then I can certainly work out with them, right? So we kind of felt like that was a better approach and that really took off better because then people were kind of training with people they liked anyway. Um, and then we have, we have some high intensity stuff too, for in the summers where we have a lot of our college athletes home or our professional athletes that are home that we're putting like adult level classes together for them that we just, they just want their butts kicked. So we're, you know, yeah. we'll go hard a couple of nights for them. So, yeah, so we do it more that way and try to, again, just base it around what you want. Um, right. Okay. So kind of like adult semi-privates then, like mm -hmm. they're creating their own semi-private training group. Hey, you know, I'm a mom. I'm going to have my three mom friends. We're going to come yep. in and you're going to kick our butt and then we'll go home and do it again in a couple of days. Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. So um, now that we kind of have a good understanding of the services that you have to provide, that kind of leads me to my next question. What does like the membership look like? Is it membership based? Do people pay per sessions? How does that work? Yeah, we don't do members. We don't, we don't even really do any rentals anymore. Um, we do help some local programs and things if people are in need of space. We do try to help that way, but it is basically all our own programming, right? So, um, you know, you're working out with us, you're scheduling your stuff, right? And we'll schedule your, you want to bring your team in, you want to bring in the moms from the neighborhood, you want to bring in just you and a couple friends or teammates or whatever it is, that's what we'll do. It. So we've, we've gotten to the point where we don't, really need to do anything else membership wise that we can just kind of program this out amongst our staff and we're busy around the clock. So we're seven days a week. We have no set hours. You know, we'll train you at six in the morning. We'll train you at midnight. Doesn't matter. Um, but 
Yeah, but it's all basically by appointment. Okay, everything is by appointment. And so how does it work? Like, how are your customers paying you? Are they paying, like, do they purchase a pack of sessions? Do they pay you every single time they come in? What does that look like? A little both. We we offer, you know, we have hourly rates on stuff, whether it's individual and they alter if we do group stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, some people pay as they go. We offer, you know, five-hour, 10-hour packages of stuff that we can do. I would say most people take advantage of that. You know, if you can off, offset it a little bit, discount it a little bit to for them to buy in bulk, um, we'll do that. And, and most people that really dive into the training anyway are going to start coming two, three times a week. So for them to have to pay each time is a little silly. So, right, so most of them are, you know, are taking advantage of a, some sort of a package. Um, and then, like I said, we have a few programs. Like I said, we even have one that started last night. That's a more of a camp or group setting that you're paying for that five week thing. Um, but in terms of the rest of the training, yeah, it's all, it's all goes through the trainers, um, either individually or in that package setting. Okay. So since you guys like don't do memberships, this might be kind of a tough question, but like, um, how many, how many clients are you working with right now? Oh gosh. Um, and also like, how do you, tra- how do you track that? uh it's tough uh we i mean we have we have hundreds 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 of so again we've got you know if you go even sports specific in our basketball stuff right i've got four basketball specific coaches right that all have their own clientele right that either have filtered through me now they're kind of growing their own business they're acquiring new clientele our our soccer coaches that are with us have hundreds of kids um you know he's He's now taking teams to the UK two, three times a year uh, to work with Southampton. Um, you know, so he's got that part. Uh, and then our strength coach is the same thing. So uh, really, it, I don't, I don't babysit all of our staff. Right, where I try to help and facilitate, um, but they're kind of all running their own business, and then we're just trying to grow. And, and, and more or less, it just boils down to hours. So more than actual numbers of clients, because there's a lot of these people will come and go seasonally. Um, but it's, it's, are we staying steady weekly, monthly, yearly in terms of how many hours we're performing, you know, that service, right? So are we training enough that we're hitting our goals in that, in that rock? Yeah, no, I, I understand. Um, I understand that. Um, and so, you know, with this model, you have how many trainers do you have total? I've got I've got four now, including myself. Basketball wise, we've got two strength coaches, um, and then we just signed a new volleyball club that's with us. We just signed, you know, we've got a soccer program. He's got his own staff. So um, of our main guys, there's seven or eight, and then they're and then they are now starting to to gain their own staff. Right. They're, okay. they're growing enough so they can now hire their own people underneath them. Um, and that's really the goal, right? Yeah, kind of, a them- cool, kind of a cool model because, you know, you have people that they're working for you, kind of, but they're running mm-hmm. their own businesses. And so, um, you know, they can kind of operate things, find their own clients and grow. Um, and so that's nice for you. Um, yeah. I'm sure to kind of sit back and see the growth happening within. Um, so kind of hard to talk about a number of clients that you have since they're all running their own business. But I always like to ask, you know, what would you say, like, 
you guys are actively doing to like find new clients? I like to kind of talk about that process because I think around 90% of gyms, that's the most difficult thing for them is getting new faces in the door. So what would you say that you guys do to make that happen? Uh, well, there's, there's small things like, like I said, you know, again, when we offer some of these open group sessions, so like even again, I'll go back to last night. Um, there's a lot of new faces in those programs, right? So the, that's a way to acquire stuff. We'll do camps in the summer. Um, we're acquiring new people. Um, the beauty too of be, when we started to become multi-sport um, was, you know, even if you have kids that are soccer players, a lot of times they have a brother or sister or something that's, that plays basketball or that plays football or that just wants to get in better shape uh, or mom or dad does. So by ex expanding kind of that net reach into these other worlds, right, that I, that's not really mine, you know, I, I don't know volleyball very well, but um, it's been healthy for us to start bringing them under the tent, so to speak, and say, okay, you know, now they have an outreach. And then if we, if, 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 and you're starting to see our soccer or volleyball or these other programs starting to say, okay, here's what you've done with basketball in terms of helping those kids get stronger, faster, right? More flexible, all these things. We want to do that, right? And so now my strength coaches then can now touch those kids, right? They can start to follow the model of saying, how do we, how do we help our athletes do that? So um, that's been huge for us is, is allowing more people to come in and then, and then we support them, the multi-sport piece too, right? So we want people playing as many things as they can and staying fit and, you know, and loving sports, even when they're old, like me, you still want to be able to, you know, feel good and, and uh, go out and compete if you want, do those kind of things. So we're trying to just help, help people get there. Yeah, absolutely. So it sounds like, you know, we, we've talked about this a little bit briefly off air, but it sounds like your main focus with 3N Sports is working with the athlete, but you guys also do work with, you know, some adult general population stuff. So talk to me a little bit about what that looks like. How big is that population? Is it a smaller part of your business? Kind of give us a good idea of what that looks like. Yeah, in terms of the adult piece, it's smaller. I mean, our, our you know our primary primary target is is youth. Is again, we you know we've got young kids all the way up again to we have a we have a lot of college athletes. We have uh, still have a handful of professional athletes that train with us when they're home. Um, but we do you know, and it's it's a smaller percentage, but we do have. Uh, and, and it's more probably for our strength coaches or general fitness coaches like that, that would have a guy that's coming in before work or on his lunch break or, you know, that just kind of wants to, you know, to hit the weights or do those kind of things. But, um, but yeah, we're still going to, we're still going to offer that, right. We don't want to turn people away. Um, and we, I think those services, you know, I think a lot of them cross sports lines, right. Like they're, they're going to help kids that are just athletes or for adults that are just athletes that want to be fit. And then, you know, and if you were, and if you were an athlete and you grew up training, right. That doesn't really go away. It may tone down a little bit, but you still want to work out hard. Right. Um, and that's kind of who we're after. Right. Um, is those kind of people that really want to get after it. Um, you know, that, that like it loud, you know what I mean? That want to, that want to go hard and have fun with it and compete. Um, whether it's just, competing next to the person you're in some fitness class or boot camp with, you know, you can go at your own pace, but 
the people that come into our place, they're looking next to them. They want to beat the person next to them, you know? So yeah. uh, that's, that's really our, our clientele and target area. I think it's, I think it's cool. Right. Um, there are a lot of people who are ex athletes who have kind of struggled post adulthood <laughs> to mm-hmm. kind of find their place in the fitness industry. Myself grew up a competitive all-star cheerleader, busted my butt, was very, very serious. And then as an adult, I had a hard time finding something that was hard enough for me until I found CrossFit. And then I was like, okay, well, this is definitely hard enough. Um, but something like this would have benefit, benefited me for sure because I mm-hmm. liked that regimen of you know training, conditioning myself to be better. Um, and a lot of the programs out there just weren't quite enough. Um, so with the adult you know, side of things, I definitely think there's a market out there for it. And being that you're working with kids, these kids have parents who probably played sports growing up. And so that gives you the opportunity to, you know, already have a market of clients like waiting. Um, do you think that you guys will ever grow the adult general population side of things? Or is it something that's just kind of in the back burner? Like if it happens, it happens. Um, I, I think it will. Um, again, you and I talked earlier, I, I just want to keep my ears open to where the demand is. Um, again, I would never have thought I would have turf in a facility or be having soccer in my facilities or lacrosse or field hockey and all these things that we would service. But there was a huge demand for that here. And so I'm going to run with it. And it's the same thing with the adult stuff. Um, there, there's been times for it um, that, that it's been bigger during certain times of year. Uh, like I said, in the summer, we, we seem to hit that harder. Um, but parents too, right now, and the adults are so busy, especially when you have kids. Um, I mean, I can speak for it with three kids. I mean, we are just shuttling kids from this to that, to the next thing that, you know, it's, it's really tough to find time to work yeah. out, to do stuff. And, uh, and everybody's schedule is different, right? So trying to find, you know, a common time that like works for everybody is nearly impossible right now, which is why I think we've had success in the in the kind of make your own schedule or personalized stuff. So let's we'll just do it on your terms. And yeah. um, so I do think there's there's a market for it. I do think we could grow it. Um, but yeah, I'm, it, but if there's not a huge demand for it, then we've got to go. I got to chase yeah, where, I mean, chase where the, you know where the where the demand is. Right. No, exactly. And I think you've done that, you know, over time. Um, for us, the most popular time for our adults who are parents is like that 5 a.m. class, the class of busting at the seams every single day. Um, and those right. people are dedicated because they know if they don't come to 5 a.m., there's probably a likelihood that they're not going to make it into the yeah. gym, you know, shuttle the kids around. Um, I only have one and it's very difficult to find time for myself. Yeah. <laughs> so I can, I can understand, you know, having three, four kids. Um, so next question I have for you here is Pat, what would you consider to be like your biggest business related, um, struggle challenge? I think there's just as much value in us talking about the stuff that's working really well that we've crushed it with as there is talking about the stuff that we're still kind of figuring out. Yeah. Um, I think staff a lot of times is really, really tough. Um, finding people, you know, this is such a grind. It's such a hustle. You have to be, you know, wired a certain way to go out and make your own living, right? Like, 
um, it would it drives my wife crazy that I don't have a set income, right? That the same check isn't being cashed every two weeks or whatever, whatever normal people do, right? But so you're you are in this dogfight every day about I got to go, you know, get more clients. I got to make sure my schedule is full and to find people that are willing to, you know, take a risk, put all their all their you know, chips into this, so to speak, and say, I'm, I'm going for it. And I'm going to fight my butt off to make this work. Um, that is, it's easier said than done, right? And I think a lot of people think this is really cool. And man, I, I get to train or I get to be in the gym all day and all this. But when you find out how hard it is to survive in this and do it really, really full time, um, those people are not that easy to, to keep and to find. And when you do, you better hang on like crazy. Right. And you, so, so for me, it's like, when I get a couple of really good ones and I do, it's what, what can I do to help them? Right. Cause I want, I need them to stay, you know, and I, and I, cause, cause those people are rare. Um, and so that's the biggest challenge is just finding, finding people that are really bought in and want to live this crazy life. Um, that's got some risk in it, but is extremely rewarding. Um, yeah. That's, that's probably it. Yeah. I think that, you know, that's a challenge that I hear pretty commonly on the podcast, no matter if I'm talking to a CrossFit gym, a big box gym, or even somebody like yourself, it's just a matter of like, how do we find these like really motivated coaches, team members to come in and crush it in a business where you do have to hustle. You do have to work. Like your clients aren't just going to be handed to you, especially mm-hmm. in model they're essentially running their own business Correct. but I like your point where you said you know what can I do to help make these people better because I think that we can't just throw the coach in the pool and say go fish on your own we have to show mm-hmm. that hey, this is what it takes to be successful in this industry um what can we do to help them level up uh yeah. you know if they're being presented with opportunity to be better they're going to stay if we're not presenting them with any opportunities and they feel like they're not heard or seen, they're probably going to go find another job somewhere else. And that's why the churn in this industry is not great. Um, So I think, you know, it is a challenge, but the more we can do to provide those opportunities for them, the better, you know, it will be Um, business wise. Talk about your goals. Like let's hear it. You know, if you had a magic wand, all your goals, all your dreams that came true, Talk to me about what three end sports would look like at that point. <laughs> uh, the magic wand would be take away your overheads. My goodness. Right. Um, but no, I mean, cause in space, like in, in spaces like what I have, um, you know, I say my, I, you know, I listen to a couple of your other podcasts, you know, some of these, some of these gyms or, or weight training facilities can be very small. I mean, I talk about my first space was so small. I think it was 4,000 square feet. It has to be 22 foot high ceilings, right? And I need this open space. So I'm, again, I'm going, you know, 16,000 square feet. You know, we got to heat that place, right? I mean, these things are, these are massive, you know, takings on in terms of what you're trying to do here, along with all the equipment and all the other stuff that you're trying to do. So, um, (laughs) you know, I mean, I'm halfway joking, but seriously, I mean, that's, that's the hardest part, right? Is you've got to, because you're not making a dime until you cover that. So you've right, got to right. work all this time just to just to keep your dang lights on before you start actually making money. Um, so that's that's the 
that's the thing. But in terms of where we want to go, um, again, right now we're trying to we're trying to acquire about nine thousand more square feet. We've got to get, um, or we're going to be turning people to other locations here in this winter. So we're that's where we've got to go right now. Um, we've got to get more space both on the court, both on the turf. We need to we need to update our weight room stuff. Um, we need to change how we're approaching some of that stuff. Uh, and then again, I just want to again stay open minded and keep meeting great people um, that are similar, you know, in, in terms of their wiring to me, right? That just want to go get it and, and work their tails off um, and just kind of keep growing and servicing more people, man. That, and that's the ultimate goal here. Yeah. Um, I love, like I told you off air, you know, I love the growth growth mindset, the want, the desire to continuously grow and evolve with the industry. Um, but also want to touch on the fact, you know, you talked about overhead and that's something that not everybody talks about when they're thinking about getting to this industry. They talk to another gym owner. They're like, oh yeah, do it. But nobody talks about how high the overhead is, even with a facility that's 4,000 square feet. I mean, you it's still high. It's not mm -hmm. like business is cheap. Um, so what do you feel like you can do to kind of bring in a little bit more revenue to help co cover that overhead? So the rest of it is kind of like money in the business's pocket. Um, have you thought of any opportunities to increase that revenue coming in? Yeah. And we, and, and that's kind of where some of the, the other trainers, the other coaches, the multi sports stuff. I mean, we, I have calls, Every week, um, again, we just we just acquired, you know, or signed a new volleyball club with us. So that's going to eat up, you know, two nights a week of court time. Plus, they want our training, right? They want our services with mm -hmm. with our strength coaches and and explosion coaches, um, you know. But I had a diving coach from Ohio State that reached out to me this week because they need space, right? And so again, what what kind of space can I help with them? And if we can invite, you know provide any expertise or help them in the training. Great. But sometimes they just need space. Um, and so anything like that, that we can bring in. Um, and, and by the way, the other, the other big piece of this too, all this stuff is so competitive. Business is so competitive, right? Um, put it, scale it into sport, right? It's crazy. And I'm the most competitive person on earth. So I don't get along with very many people, right? Especially in my side, in the basketball side. But once I started meeting people that were not competitive with me, but were going through the same things that I was going through, it was healthy for me to say, okay, you're going through the same thing I am as a coach, trainer, program director, whatever. So what are, what are you doing? How are you dealing with this situation? And every time that I was able to meet with, with other people like that, I felt like I learned something. And, and I felt like I was helping them a little bit, right? There was something that I might be doing that they were going, oh, shoot, you're doing that, right? Um, I why am I not starting at 3.30? I was, you know, I was starting at 5.30 every day. I could be starting earlier. I could do this. So the sharing of ideas, the kind of gaining knowledge of how other programs are doing things, just trying to learn from them. Um, and then allowing them to come in with you and figure out how to help each other, right. To again, jointly offset this thing, yep. you know, and work together on it. And now we can both thrive. And, you know, that, that power and numbers thing kind of helps 
and you don't hear it a lot when you're kind of personal training or you're a trainer or you're a coach, right? You feel like you're on your own sometimes, but it doesn't need to be that. No, definitely. This business is about making the right connections. And as a business owner, understanding that like, it's okay for you to not be an expert in every single area, but there's probably somebody out there that is that we could team up with and make what we're doing even better. Um, I have that mentality of like, why not more? And that's something that I consistently tell myself, like I might be crushing it in the gym right now, but there's always an opportunity to level up um, and to be even better. So I really appreciate that insight. What is the website, the Instagram, where can our listeners go if they're interested in learning more about what you have to offer? Yeah, everything's at 3N Sports. It's 3NSports.com is our website. Uh, same on Instagram, uh, Twitter, Facebook. That's somewhere I struggle with um, the social media part of it and somewhere we have to get better at but we also I'm kind of in that fight with it you know because it's not I'm I'm old school in the fact that it's really not about us it's about you right. know you you're doing the work and and so I'm I'm on this fence about how much to promote you know our athletes or or you know you want to support those people that train with us and we want to advertise and stuff but uh we don't do enough of it Right. And, and there's part of me that likes kind of staying underground. And, you know, it's that theory of like doing the doing the work in the dark so you can perform when the lights are on and those kind of things. And that's kind of where we are. Um, but as we're kind of turning the page and moving forward on things, we have we'll, we'll start getting better at that. And that's one of the things people in terms of who I want to bring in next is, is people to help me with that, you know, and start start getting our stuff out a little bit more. But doing it the right way yeah. um, that kind of coincides with how we work. Um, so yeah, but I'm, I'm old on that end. Hey, it's okay. You're a basketball expert. (laughs) This person, you don't have to be an expert at Facebook, at Instagram, but it is good that you understand that there's some value in it and something that you want to improve in. Um, but Pat, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for joining us today and listeners. We thank you for tuning in. Don't forget, if you want to stay notified about future episodes, please hit like and subscribe. And if you want to join us here at the Gym Lords podcast, fill out the link in the description. We will be in touch with you soon. As always, until next time, Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. My name is Bree. I will be your host today, and I am here with Jake from CrossFit, Sarah Land, and Amp Performance in Sarah Land, Alabama, and Mobile, Alabama. What's up, Jake? How are you today? I'm good. How are you? 
doing well. Thank you for taking the time to join us. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. All righty. So let's get right into the details here. How did you get started in gym ownership? What kind of sparked that for you? What's the what's the backstory there? All right. So I played college football. Um, I ruptured my Achilles at the Senior Bowl, which is kind of like the Pro Bowl, the highest level before you go get drafted. So I was going to – all that was happening, going to get drafted, and I blew my leg out. Um, so I had to think about, what the, oh, shit, what am I going to do, right? So mm-hmm. I went back to school, and I got my master's. Um, I always loved working out, training, doing that. I didn't know if I wanted to be an athletic trainer or PT, strength coach at the time. Um, I wasn't quite sure. And then after I got hurt, I kind of was like, I want to be a strength conditioning coach. That's what I want to do. Um, so then I went and got my master's, and I said, I got my master's. I worked for a concrete company for over a year. So I learned a lot about how to run a business, how to deal with people. I mean, I was working for a, a guy who's multimillionaire doing thousand square foot jobs. Like, I mean, learned a lot from him and he started from the ground up. Mm-hmm. Um, so I learned from him every month. I put away a thousand bucks in my safe. Boom, boom, to start the gym. Um, then a few years after that, went in with a couple of buddies. They did a baseball facility. I started training kids. Um, and then that same summer I picked up a high school. And then ever since the high school started training those kids, we started winning state championships, growing the brand, growing myself. And then my gym just slowly grew from basically a closet to a couple thousand square feet to 10,000 square feet to now 30,000 square feet. And then now I bought a second gym. Um, so that was a quick little just rundown of like how I got into it. I mean, I've always been training, love working out and all that stuff. Um, but I, after working for the business, the concrete company, I realized I'd rather work for myself than work for somebody else, you know, mm-hmm. rather make my own hours, make my own deals, things like that. Even though I might contract out like I am right now, I'm contract out at a school. Those are, these are the deals that I put in place, you know, mm-hmm. rather than just working for a school or working for a university. Right. Yeah, absolutely. It's good that you had that experience, though, even, you know, in a different type of business, but just the business experience itself to be able to provide that foundation there for you. um, That's huge. You know, a lot of gym owners come in having absolutely no business experience whatsoever, and it can be really challenging. So it can be really challenging being in in over their head. And, uh, you know, not a lot of things can go right sometimes with that. Right. Yeah, for sure. Now, as far as your business model goes within your facilities, how are you structuring things? Are you doing group classes, semi-privates, one-on-ones? So when I first, so when I first started, so CrossFit, Sarah, we can talk about that first because that's a little bit easier because that's mm-hmm. it's a CrossFit gym. Um, right. So, I mean, that has CrossFit classes and it does okay. Um, of course, I want to grow the membership, do what I need to do. But the first thing I implemented in that in that facility was a youth class, sports performance class because there's nothing like that in Sarah land. It's a growing demographic. It's a growing community out here in Alabama. Um, people are willing to spend anything on their kids. So the thought process is get a kid's class growing, slowly build that. And then that will allow me to get a bigger facility in Sarah land to basically get a second amp that style gym, which I'll talk about in a minute out there because the kids will fund everything. And as the kids fund everything, one or two CrossFit, CrossFit members may sign up every month but the kids, they're going to be, they're, they're going to pay the bills. They're going to make the revenue really come in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at AMP, when I first started, 
I wanted to be like the CrossFit guy, sports performance guy, all this stuff. And then I soon realized that um, the CrossFit and Mobile was real saturated, um, but sports performance was big. So I was like, all right, well, let me do the sports performance. And the sports performance was taking off, but it wasn't really paying the bills. Like I was doing fine, but as I wanted to grow the facility, like there's no way I was gonna get 50 kids in there at a hundred and some bucks a pop. Like there's just no way to run classes like that it's with kids, you know, adults, it's different. So then I did the kids class and then I started doing some weightlifting programming mm-hmm. that grew. And then as that grew, then I started doing open gym. And an open gym is pretty much how AMP runs now. I mean, we probably have 80% open gym members and the rest are either people that are in my weightlifting team, custom programming or kids class. Um, but the open gym, it's really just like a like a global gym, but in a 30,000 square foot warehouse with hammer strength machine, anything you want, we have it in there besides cardio equipment. We have bikes, rowers, stuff like that. Um, but that's kind of the business model of AMP is different than Sarah Land. But the end goal would be take that same model from AMP and slowly transition that into Sarah Land since it already has the CrossFit that pays the rent, pays the bills, keep that, let that population happy, grow the kids class, and then grow the global gym type atmosphere because out there the YMCA is going to shut down. So they're not going to have a big globo type gym out there. Mm-hmm. So if I can slowly take that template I took at AMP out there, I think it could be very successful. Got it. Okay. And at Sarah Land, how many members do you currently have? I think it's around in the mid 80s. But I mean, a lot of people are coaches or they. So when I bought it, there was a lot of free memberships given out. Mm. Which, when I looked at the numbers, I didn't quite know it was that many. And then all of a sudden you get the first, the, the money starts flowing in and it's not exactly what, uh, you know, what you saw or what you, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, well, all right, I got to figure this out. So there's about mid eighties. Um, but I would say about, you know, 10 to 20% of those people right now are getting free memberships, either coaches or spouses, or they do something at the gym that we're going to slowly wean out. Um, which, you know, in the, in the short, short term, it may hurt the gym a little bit just financially, but in the long term, it's going to set the goals and set the pace of like, hey, this is how it needs to be done. This is what we expect. Boom, mm-hmm. boom, boom. With yeah, financials, so. absolutely. And coming in, what were the memberships set at price-wise? So they were set, I think unlimited CrossFit was at 120, which was you get um, – access to open gym so you get the key codes you can come in whenever you want you get crossfit class in but also say you wanted to come in at noon when there's no class you can do your own thing as well um but those numbers have been set since the beginning of the gym from the first owners um in january we were going to bump those up after i mean everybody's i believe everybody's liking the new ownership the programming the way we're running the gym so i didn't want to drastically change everything at once Mm-hmm. So last month we increased the prices um, by $10 to all new members. And then in January, all old members will do the same. Um, but everybody should be fine with that because of the equipment we're putting in, the facelift, the coaching, the quality, the ownership, me being there every day. Even mm-hmm. if I'm not coaching, I'm there around, around the members. And that's what, you know, most members want to see what they get, what they're paying for, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, that was my next question was, are you raising prices? Because industry average for a CrossFit or even just like a group exercise program is typically around 125. Yeah, I know it's, and it's, and Mobile is probably one of the cheaper 
Mobile, Alabama is one of the standard of livings, not very much. So like you can do really well down here, but at the same time, you do have a lot of rich people, but most of them aren't doing crop, aren't doing the CrossFit at my gym. They're at one of the other gyms in town and Mobile, which is the bigger population. So if we slowly increase it to $10, that should be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I would think, and that's at the end of the day, that's going to help just cover rent, cover new expenses. And they'll see, Hey, the gym's getting nicer. We're getting new equipment. You don't have the same bars from, 10 years ago yeah you know things like like we're putting the money back into and that's one thing at amp i think all the members saw like anytime money came in they got we got new stuff new racks new benches new plates i mean we probably have fifteen thousand dollars of competition rogue metal plates for the power lifters you know what i mean so like nobody else has that in town right so i mean they see that i'm putting money back into the business and that just slowly builds more clientele yeah, absolutely. Now, as far as really building up the membership at Sarah Land, how are you approaching that? What are you doing for marketing, advertising, getting the word out there about what you got going on? So with Sarah Land, it's hard. It's right now it's I'm doing some online stuff, some Facebook stuff, Instagram marketing, just getting it out there. But it's such a tight knit community. What we're going to do is and what's crazy is cause the world we live in today, like there's so many communities that are like huge on social media and this and that, especially if you go, like I'm from Northern Virginia. So Northern Virginia is like huge. I mean, it's a huge metro, metropolitan area where Sarah Land's not very tight knit. Like people know what your neighbor did down the street, right? So what we're gonna do is um, get a bunch of flyers, go to the middle schools, the high schools, cause they have to send stuff home every week to the kids. Try to do that for the kids class, but then also put the CrossFit information in there well as well. So then if one parent sees it, they'll talk to that parent in the car line or they'll talk to them at the football game. Um, slowly grow it up through there. Um, but like right now we are just throwing some Facebook ads, Instagram ads, things like that. Um, mm-hmm. But the biggest thing with that area compared to Mobile, where Mobile, I could do some sort of online marketing and really push like um, having a brain fart. What is it called? Like leads and all that, like like that type, like funnels and all that would work really good in Mobile. We're in Sarah land it's a little slower community, even though it's growing, it's just a different vibe, you know, just approaching both communities differently, if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it definitely makes sense. The only thing there is that like the flyers and stuff are good. It's just, they're not trackable. Yeah. You know, so it makes it hard to know, like if you spend X amount of dollars on flyers, like who are they getting to, are they actually getting to the right people? Are people yeah. responding because of the flyers? Like how many people are actually No, for sure. No, no, that? 100%. You know? Um, so that does make it a little bit challenging just as far as like spending money and, and guaranteeing a return on investment, really. You know? Whereas when you run Facebook ads, it's like you can pretty much get it down to a science. Yeah. You know, as far as return on investment goes, as long as you're targeting properly and you've got everything nailed down in in that department. Yeah. Um, but so you said you were running Facebook ads or you have been running Facebook ads in Sarah Land. Are they just not converting well? Or you're not getting a lot of hits. What's going on with them? Yeah, um, they're just not converting well at the moment. I think there's just been so much turnover before we purchased it between the owners previously that um, it might've left a bad taste in some people's mouth. Mm-hmm. So that's why we're rebranding it, doing different things, really trying to push the kids class, pushing the new logo, trying to push new more community, just so people know like, hey, it's not the same CrossFit, it's not the same gym, it's not the same owners. 
is the biggest thing that we're trying to push right now, just because it's the only one out there. So you think it would kill it because in Mobile, there's a CrossFit gym that has like 300 members, right? Mm -hmm. um, so in Saraland, big community, one CrossFit gym, you figured at least would have 100, 150. Um, but just, I think there were some things happened with the former ownership the past two, cause it's been through a couple of different owners that just, they, they didn't really know how to run a business or run a gym and me starting amp from nothing to close to 200 members. I kind of know the steps or at least follow the steps I did last time, even after deviate a little bit, I kind of know how to go down that route. If that mm -hmm. makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it makes sense. So now what are your goals within the business? Where are you directing most of your attention right now to get it to where you want it to be? Right now, um, <clears throat> so with Sarah Land, the goals are really just getting getting the members happy and talking about it in the community. Cause that's the, like I said, Sarah is different than Mobile. It's such a tight knit community. So if people start talking about it, something's gonna grow. For instance, um, there's a sushi place in town. It's called Rock and Roll Sushi. There's a bunch of them around the country now, but they started their Mobile, Sarah Land and across the Bay. But it's such a tight knit community that if someone gives you a good review, that's gonna be the only place people can go eat, right? So the goal right now is the current membership, make them happy. So they can go out and talk about the gym. Hey, we got these new owners, new programming. They're giving us more attention. They're actually coaching us. Hey, they have a kid's class now, so you can go do CrossFit at, and then instead of just finding someone to babysit your kid, they can go do the sports performance class. So trying to do that at the moment. And then once that slowly grows, then I feel like I'll be more comfortable to really throw some money into some ads or funnels or things like that to where I know I'll get a return eventually. But just I'd rather build a little bit up first so I have that extra revenue coming in to push towards that mm -hmm. at the moment. So, And what is your front-end offer? What are you putting out there to make people actually want to come in and check it out? So the biggest thing is we're trying to push membership to both gyms. So the biggest thing is we want to push, hey, you can access the CrossFit Saraland and air performance for a higher price. That's like 150, I believe, maybe 160 when January comes around, but you're gonna access the two gyms. You're getting access to coaching who coaches. I, I personally have a kid on Team USA. I have another kid who's one national in weightlifting. So if you wanna get strong, this is the place to be. Um, the second thing with the sports performance, every team that's won a state championship in Mobile has came through my program at Amp Performance or one of my staff members at a school. So we're really pushing hate. If you want your kid to be athletic, we train pro athletes, we win state championships. This is the this is the system that you need to be in, not running through ladders, doing the cool things on Instagram, but the stuff that actually works. So that's what we're trying to push right now in at uh, Sarah Land. Got it. Okay. And then as far as uh, the mobile and performance in mobile, how many how many members are you serving there currently? So it, uh, it varies between uh, sports season and just seasons, but it can, it can vary from 150 to 200 monthly. Okay. Uh, and, and that can be, like I said, from just normal open gym, from the normal retail price at 55. If you're in college, we drop it down to 35. If you're on custom programming, it can be anywhere from 100 to 150. Kids class, 130. Weightlifting, anywhere from 100 to 130. So those prices vary just because the gym's so big, we offer so many different uh, – opportunities for anyone there mm -hmm. at that gym but that gym I mean it just kind of it, it fluctuates but it always if it dips down it'll dip back up 
dip down. It'll undulate, so it'll go up and down, up and down, up and down. But it slowly keeps going up, even when it's going down. Okay. And that's been super organic, to be honest with you. Yeah. Okay. And do you think it goes down sometimes because of the sports performance side and because of that being more seasonal? No, it definitely does. Because, like, you think about if you have football, volleyball, those are big sports down here in the south. Those kids are in, in, in school in season, so they're doing that. Um, and then springtime is baseball. So if you have all the baseball kids from all fall, then spring and summer they're doing baseball. Um, so it fluctuates there. And then the normal gym folk, too, I really think it fluctuates. You know, everybody wants to work out during the summer and get ready for the summer, but then when winter comes around – uh, they want to relax. They want to go, you know, do Christmas stuff, Halloween stuff, kind of just fluctuates, you know, just like mm -hmm. a normal gym. But like I said, it stays between about 140 to 50 to 200 monthly, just depending on the season. Got it. Okay. And you said that was organically grown for the most part? Uh, or? Yeah. I mean, I've done ads. I mean, this is before I knew anything. I did like stupid ass. Did I did radio ads? I did, I did a bunch of things to try to grow and then do anything. And then it's naturally just organically grown. People have heard about it. I mean, I have a real crappy website that I need to redo. My Saraland website's way better. Um, but I mean, it's just naturally grown. I mean, I don't do much of anything for that besides just Instagram, just post, you know, kids on Team USA or state championships or pro athletes every once in a while. And it's just literally been a natural organic growth where the Sarah land is definitely going to be a much more, all right, I'm going to have to have to get ads get the leads, follow up on the leads, things like that. Mm -hmm. And do you have systems in place for that? Like lead nurture process to actually get people to show up. Do you have a, a system for a sales process built out or. We have a sales process if someone comes in, but like the actual leads and stuff, that stuff's always been tricky for me just because I've been so busy with if I'm not at the at the gyms you can see right now I'm at a school so I'm contracted out so me with a lot of gym you know a lot of say CrossFit gyms right you have a class set say eight eleven three four and five well during the day they can do the leads they can do all these things myself I'm working from 5 a.m till 8 p.m coaching people so that aspect's a little bit harder for me to to grasp and actually like sit down and do just because I'm going 24 7. Mm -hmm if that makes sense. Yeah. And I mean, if you were able to automate some of those things, would you do that? Because I, mean, I would, yeah. If I could automate it and know that I was going to get return on investment, especially for Sarahland AMP, that's fine. Like, I mean, I'm not, of course, I like to make more. You always want to make more money. Right. But I mean, that does fine. And I have things and work with the city where I'm the contract out fire department. So I have things working with that but Sarahland, definitely, if I could get something a little automated right now as I'm growing it, because this first year is like make or break is how I look at it. Like I bought it, bought it all out. Like I know what I have to make, what I have to pay back, all these things. And if, if I don't see the growth that needs to, then I'm just going to shut it down, take the equipment to AMP, and then it is what it is. You know what I mean? Like it's mm -hmm. not, if it doesn't grow like it needs to, then it's not worth the time and stress of trying to build it, you know, paying this, paying this, paying this, and barely making anything. Right. You have a successful business already in town. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And that was my next question, you know, what your big picture goal was. And, and something there that can be challenging too is like, obviously you don't want it to take away anything from amped performance, 
as yeah. well, right? Because then it's like, when you try to split your time between two, it gets really challenging. And a yeah. lot of times, wherever you're directing your attention to, that one's going to go up and then the other one might go down a little bit. No, so, and, that's definitely, and that's definitely happened a little bit at AMP, especially me being more at the CrossFit. I'm having to have other coaches coach the kids' class, which is fine. They do a good job. Mm -hmm. They do the programming. They do, but at the same time, I'm not there and people want to see my face. Right. Um, so like, that's why I really need this one to pick up. So then I can be more back and forth rather than 70% at CrossFit, 30% at AMP. That makes sense. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Now, one thing I always like to touch on toward the end here is what is one of, and I'm sure there are very many, but what is one of the most important things that you've learned throughout your time in ownership in this industry? You just got to work hard and do it yourself. I mean, people are going to want to help and try to do this and that, but you can't count on anybody but yourself unless somebody has money invested into it. If somebody has money invested into it, then they're going to hopefully put their time into it as well. But like, I don't know how many times I've had people say, oh, I want to help or I want to sign up or I can help you do this or I'll get people to come and it mm -hmm. never pans through. So anytime anybody tells me that, I just don't listen to it. I just know that I have to do it myself. Mm -hmm. I have to grow it. I have to be there. I have to put the money into it. I have to, if, it wants, if it's going to be successful, I got to put the work in. Yeah, I think that's with any business. It, it can start off slow, but if you put the work in, people are going to see that and it's going to grow. And I think that's why the gym at first probably wasn't the best because People just clock, clocking in, clocking out, not putting the time in mm -hmm. um, before I purchased the gym. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, especially in the beginning, it definitely takes a lot of time, a lot of effort to get it to where it needs to be and the right systems yeah. in place, repeatable systems as well, so that somebody else can come in, learn yeah. what it is that you're doing, repeat that process and continue growth. And that's where a lot of gym owners really get stuck is that, nobody else can come in and do what they do and then they mm -hmm. can never leave. Yeah. Right. And then it's like, you can't grow, you can't scale, you can't get to the next level. If all of your time and attention has to be in the same area all the time. For sure. So 100%. that's very common happens all the time. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So as we start to wrap up here, where can the listeners find you on social media for both locations um so you got ant performance uh ant performance mobile on instagram that was my first gym you'll see more uh weightlifting powerlifting sports performance strongman heavy lifting all that on there um and then crossfit sarah land that's the crossfit gym you'll see mostly cross like all crossfit stuff and then you'll see some sports performance with the little kids on there as well um don't do twitter the facebook's under the same name um so perfect Alrighty, so Jake from CrossFit Sarah Land in Sarah Land, Alabama and Amp Performance in Mobile, Alabama. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. It's been great having you on the show today. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. To all the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you'll be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, keep killing it out there and we will catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. 
four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.